finishing up our little brief series on thanks and giving. Uh, this, this extra Sunday that we have this year in between, I thought it would be a good time. So we talked about thanks last week. We'll talk some about a life of giving this week. And then we move into our new series, uh, the Christmas option. Remember, you're going to invite, uh, two people during the Advent season to join you and be a part of those services. It's going to be an exciting series. I'm looking forward to that. Well, today we move on, and so I want to have us uh, look at our scripture for today, uh, Exodus chapter 35, and we'll begin at verse 4. Would all of you who can stand in honor of reading of God's Word this morning? Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and on the breastplate. Thus ends the reading. Aren't you blessed? Let's pray and ask God to bless this teaching. Father, take this strange passage today. We ask that You would open it through Your Holy Spirit to our minds and our hearts. May we receive it as food, spiritual nourishment for this day and the days to come. For we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, as we began our series on thanks and giving, we began to look at a few things out of 1 Thessalonians. And there were three commands there that we looked at. Uh, The first one was rejoice always. And we realized or we looked at and saw that rejoicing wasn't just about celebrating. And I'm sorry, Michigan fans, there wasn't a lot of rejoicing yesterday. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, but we can rejoice always. We can thrive. What we saw was that the deeper meaning behind rejoicing is to thrive, which means to grow vigorously and to grow vigorously always. And that we can do this while when we are resting in God. Paul says pray continuously, but we saw that what that really means is that we rest continually in God. And when we are resting in God, we can thrive and grow no matter what, which allows us to live a life of thanks. Thanks in all circumstances. We we saw that that was a very important in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, but that we can. We are invited. God is willing for us to rest in Him in all circumstances. And because of that, we can grow. And because of that, then we are invited not to just a day of thanksgiving, like we celebrated on Thursday, but we are invited into a life of thanks. Thanks living, not just thanksgiving. And so we saw that this was uh, an important way, and I hope that you took that home and were able to kind of look at your own life and say, where am I living? Am I resting in God? In all the circumstances, am I allowing Him to help me thrive, to grow vigorously, and am I able then to give thanks in the midst of that? Am I leading a life of thanks living, or am I just celebrating one day of thanksgiving? Well, what we will see today is that a life of thanks living 
does lead us to a life of thankgiving. And so I want us to begin, when we jump into this strange passage, um, I want you to understand what this was for. You see, God had promised that if a tabernacle was built, that He would live in the midst of His people. Now this is important. All the other gods of ancient times, they were about being way far off. And we were the little peons that they liked to squash or play with or do things with to get their way. We were little playthings. And so this is something entirely different when it comes to the God of the Hebrew people. Because this God desires to live among His people. Not aloof and high and far off, but among the people. And He showed that He was willing to save them out of Egypt and take them through the Red Sea. And now they're out in the desert and they're, they're moving towards what they were promised, which is a new land that God would give them, that He had promised to their ancestors, and He was going to be a different kind of God. This God was going to live in the center of His people. And so, if they would build the tabernacle, then God would move His presence into the very midst of the people. The God who had saved them, who had parted the Red Sea, would move right into the midst of His people. And so, Moses gets up and we read all the things, some strange, you know, for, you know, gold and silver, we kind of identify with that, but then purple and blue and scarlet yarn, goat hair, uh, ram skin dyed red. Aren't you glad this isn't the offering list for pancakes with Santa? Um, durable leather and all these things. We begin to see that they are called, this is what's going to be necessary so that God can live in the midst of His people. Now, the interesting thing is, is that Moses says to the whole Israelite community, from what you have, everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering. And then he goes on to his list. I want you to know that willing is two words in Hebrew. Okay? So the first word is nadiv. I'm not going to have you say it. We're going to move kind of on through that. Nadiv. And nadiv means voluntary. It means uncoerced. But it is always in the context of generosity. It is in the context of giving. It is an unforced, voluntary, uncoerced, generous act. That is the word what? Nadiv. Very good. Nadiv. Very good. All right. Then the second word that is a part of willing is the word lave. And lave means heart. And heart is not just that thing that's beating in your chest for the Hebrews. Heart for the Hebrews is your life source. It is your life, your breath, everything about you. It is deep at the core of who you are. We would say today it's from your guts. It's, it's way down deep. It's all of your life source. And so what Moses is calling is that everyone who is willingly generous of heart, generous at the core of who they are, are called to bring an offering to the Lord. And then he begins to list out very specifically what that offering should be. Now I want you to be aware that he does not say, you who are rich, but you who are willingly generous. That's an important distinction in our day and age. Because we have this idea that we should just give out of our excess. But Moses knows there's this one truth. That there are few people who are really rich. But anyone can be generous. 
I don't know if you saw that YouTube video uh, a long time ago, a few, or it might have been a year ago. A guy just decided he gave some money to a homeless person, and they had hidden cameras, and they kind of followed him around to see what he would do. And of course, stereotypically, he went straight for the liquor store. But they followed him, and they were going to confront him as he came out. But they saw as he was coming out that what he had were some sandwiches, a slice of pizza, a Diet Coke, and he walked down the street and they followed him and he began to kind of hand out some of that food here and there. Didn't have a lot. He wasn't wealthy. I mean, it was 20 bucks. But it wasn't about being rich. It was about being generous. And he gave. He gave of himself towards those towards to others because he had been blessed and he saw that there was something he needed to do to give. Now, what we see in our story today is many people giving or are called to give to accomplish what God had commanded. Many people giving to help. There is a call that God would be in the midst of the people. And so the call goes out, all of you who are generous at the core of who you are, Come and give. Come and give. You know, God, it shows this great truth that God is willing to use you and me to help accomplish what God wants to do in the world, in the church, in our families, and those kinds of things. I thought this was a great story uh, that I'm going to show you a little video here in just a second that uh, I think just illustrates the beauty of how God can weave stories together, can take people, probably both rich and those who, who don't have a lot but are generous of heart and are willing to give, to accomplish and help um, make sure that what what God calls people to do will be accomplished. So let's take a second and let's watch this video. You know how sometimes it feels like life just happens? You know, just random things seem to fill your day. Things with little or no consequence to anyone else. I mean, I know God's in control of my life. But I never really saw how much he was weaving my story with other people's stories and really into his story. Well, that's all changed. It was a cold day, the camera, you really don't want to have some long conversation outside with someone, especially with someone you don't really know. But that's exactly what God had in mind. Amy and I had just eaten lunch at Dublin's downtown Franklin, and we were walking to the car and we see this couple that I thought I recognized from church. It would have been awkward just to walk by him and not say anything. So we stopped and said, hey, and did the whole, yeah, yeah, you guys go to fellowship thing, whatever. Well, we start talking and the whole Dave Ramsey thing comes up. They asked us where we were in the process. And I told them that so far we paid off 60000 but still had $10,000 left to go. They asked us what we would do when we were debt free. And I laughed and told them, well, I told my kids I'd buy them a trampoline. But we really wanted to adopt. And we committed to being debt free before we did. The whole conversation only lasted about three minutes. It was like, nice to meet you. That was random. Well, the next day, that random person shows up at my office with this brand new trampoline. I couldn't believe it. It was like, my kids are going to freak. I set it up that night, and my kids jumped on that thing for four hours. I mean, we didn't even know these people. They didn't have to do that. I mean, really, that's pretty generous. Well, the next day, I get an email from the same lady saying, Oh, you guys seem like a sharp couple, and we'd love to come by and talk to you about something. 
I emailed her back and said, that sounds like a multi-level marketing proposal. And if it was, we really weren't interested. Of course, she says it's not that sort of deal, but she was really persistent. She even called Amy. Amy had been sick, and it really wasn't a great time to have company over. Our house is a wreck, and we didn't feel like picking it up. We said everything short of, please don't come over to my house. So they show up, and I'm like, here we go. Let's get this over with. Don't say yes to anything. I couldn't believe they sunk their claws into us with that trampoline to get us involved in some pyramid scheme. Anyway, so we small talked for about five minutes, and then right when I thought they were about to drop the bomb, they did. But it wasn't the bomb I was expecting. So the lady says, well, we told you we'd only be a few minutes, and I really don't know how to say this, but we want to pay off your $10,000 left in debt so you guys can adopt. She pulls out her checkbook and goes, how do you spell your guy's name? What? Are you kidding me? Are you for real? I mean, who does that? Who writes somebody a check for $10,000 and gives it to people they don't even know? So they give us the check and they said, just don't act weird around us at church and just don't tell anybody it was us. And they drove off. I mean, Amy and I stood there for 10 minutes in total shock. And we cried and we screamed and we ran all over the yard and the house. Unbelievable. I mean, seriously, it was beyond belief. We realized nine months later when we brought Malaya home, the check they wrote us was dated nine months prior to Malaya's due date. They gave us that money right about the time our daughter was conceived. It was like God was saying, I have a baby out there for you right now. I'm not waiting around another two years for you to pay off that debt. We felt called to adopt, but we simply couldn't afford to do it on our own. We found that this random couple had already adopted four children and felt a calling to continue to serve through adoption. Rather than bringing more children into their home, they decided to help others adopt. It didn't just happen. It wasn't random at all. God knew his plan. He had just invited us to walk with him through this process. He was weaving our callings, our stories together for us to love and to care for each other, to make a beautiful tapestry for his glory. Thank you, Jesus. What a great story. Did, did you catch, though, what, uh, what God was doing there? That God had placed a burden on the couple's heart to adopt. And God wove into the story a couple who had lived through the adoption stuff and couldn't adopt again, didn't feel led to do that, but just wanted to bless other people. The need was specific. And God, through people, was willing to bless that couple through another couple's generous, willing heart. Wow. You see, a life of thanks can live, can move to a life of giving. Thanks leads to giving when we realize what God has done, what God calls us to, and how we can be involved. And God is willing to help us receive that willing, generous heart as we experience what He has done. So what has this got to do with us today? You may be saying, Pastor Jeff, I'm not planning to adopt anybody. Oh, really? Today, I get to stand in the place of Pastor Moses. 
You see, Moses was very specific in what God had called them to do, and he was very specific in his list in the ways that the people were called to give. And so today I get to stand in that place like Moses and I get to talk with you, the people of the church, and we get to talk about what God has called us to do and be very specific on something. You may say, well, we're not adopting anybody, but we have as a part of our 10-4 vision a plan that we believe that God has called us to call an associate pastor. If you like the word adoption better, so be it. Because that is what we do. We do not have money coming from the district. We do not have money coming from the general church. If we believe that God is calling us to call an associate pastor, then we are called to the ministry of giving towards the adoption of this pastor and his family. Or her family. And so we have to begin to do this. Now God has blessed us. Ten years ago, someone gave $20,000 for when we got to this day. This year, as a part of this 10-4 vision, someone else gave another $10,000 on top of the $20,000 gift. We have that sitting there. But we need to begin to move in our thanks living to thanksgiving. And if we believe that God is calling us to do this, then we can give out of the generousness of what God has given us. And I think we can do this in a very specific way. You see, on our Wednesday night prayer time through the 10-4 vision, at the end, I just ask people who are willing, what is God saying to you in the midst of our time of prayer? And one individual talked about this, that God had really laid it on his heart. And he said, I just all through the week couldn't get away from this. I, I just felt like it was time. And this, this was really simple. We have available ready that 30000 and we have available a home for that person to live. But we should right now begin to give just a little bit so that we begin to have that so that when that 30000 runs out, we've already replenished it. And it's pretty simple. God helped me see that if we had 50 individuals willing to give $15 a week, we could do this no problem we could do this and so I just said you know what today I'm going to stand in the shoes of Moses and I'm going to ask you are you willing to be one of the 50 I know you may be thinking oh 15 bucks a week holy cow I would love for you if you have any receipts in your wallet right now from McDonald's or from Burger King Or Chick-fil-A. I guarantee you it's more than $15. What if you committed to God because God has been generous to you to say, God, I want to be a part of this. I think I can do this. I know. I want to speak. I'm not just going to give it to you. I'm I'm going to say, "I'm, I'm in on this. I'll be one of the 50. We need 49 more. Who will join? You see, I want you to see what happened in the story because this isn't just the end. There wasn't just the call from Moses and the very specific nature. There was all the Israelite men. What happened was all the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. Don't forget, it was what the Lord had asked. He asked through Moses. This is what we believe the Lord is calling us to do. I'm just the messenger today. And I'm going to be a part because I believe that God has been so generous to me. 
And $15 a week, I can do that to adopt a new pastoral family. I can be a part of that. We could do this together. Evidently, Israel had a lot to be thankful for. And many were now willingly generous to the core. They knew that without Yahweh's salvation, they would still just be slaves in Egypt. So they knew they had reason to participate. There was something about what God had done in them, God had done for them, God had done through them, that now they knew we can be a part of this. We can trust God. We can give into this. We want to give and we want to give. I want you to see what, what happens. Because this is, this is so interesting. So it says, so Bezaliel, um, if, if there's anyone pregnant, a good name, you know, um, uh, a holy ab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has give, had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord had commanded. That's Moses saying that. Then Moses summoned Bezaliel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings more Morning after morning. It wasn't just one time. It was morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because they already had what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. I don't know if you realize this, but I think you just witnessed evangelical history. I may be the first pastor to point you to a passage that says people were asked to stop giving. I would love to be in Moses' shoes. I would love to be able to say to you, Stop! We have enough! You've given too much! Go to Chick-fil-A! Buy somebody a meal! I would love to be able to do that. Unfortunately, we're not in that place today. But I want you to know, I wanted you to see the story. That when God has done amazing things in you, through you, to you, it begins to bring up a life of thanksgiving. Giving to what God has done. And when God calls you or asks you to do something, to participate in something, He wants to weave all our stories together to be able to accomplish what He sets before us. So I want to ask you today, what has God done for you? What has God done in you? Are you able to still remember what it was like to be a slave to an addiction, to a sin, to a process, to something that just kept you in the same place over and over and just seemed to be dragging you down? Did God at one point in His grace and His mercy set you free from that? Is there a difference today? 
Has God been working in your life to help you transform some attitudes, some personality things that, that just really you struggle with, with relationships, with your kids, with your spouse, with someone who you work with, someone you go to school with? Has God been working in that to help your attitude be like that of Christ? Getting in touch with that begins to change something in the heart. Just like it did for Israel when they realized God had set us free. I would just be a slave in Egypt if it wasn't for Yahweh. Of course I'll give. And they gave so much that Moses had to say, stop, stop, stop. It's too much. We have everything. We're done. Has it changed you at the core? Has what God has done made such a difference that you begin to say, oh God, you are my everything. What you ask, I will trust that you will help me to do so that we can accomplish this thing that you have set before us. One way to kind of check your pulse is your level of willing generosity. What are you willing to give? I'm not saying it is the thing, But I tend to know that people for whom God has done much seem to me to be the people who God uses to give much. One example used to sit right over here in her wheelchair. Joyce Bradeen, if you ever talked to her, she was always quick with a testimony to tell you what God had done for her. To tell you, even in her last days, how God was helping her to invite people to church. And, and how God was helping her to share the love of Jesus with those that she was sitting at a table with for lunch and for breakfast and for dinner. When the teens, whenever there was anything that the teens needed, Joyce was one who would give. And she would give and she would give. In fact, there is a story that said at one point she kind of almost ran out of money to give. And we had to kind of talk with her and say, hey, hey, hold back, just like Moses. <laughs> hold back. you you got to have some to live on. Because she just knew that God had blessed her so much, she wanted to give. She wanted to make sure those teens could go on those all-nighters or wherever they needed to go so that she would help them get there. This is the kind of generous giving that God is calling us to. Finally, will you be a part of what God is calling us to do? I know it doesn't seem like a good a good time. I mean, if you look on the back of your bulletin, we're behind. But God is called. And if that is a burden for you, you're saying, oh, we shouldn't be doing this because look how far behind. Is God trying to say something to you about that? Can you give to help us catch up? Get us ready? I believe there are some of you here who could do that today. I know. Pastor Jeff, we're getting ready for Christmas. This isn't a good time. It's never a good time. The time is now. The time is together. Will we partner together? Will you be one of 50? And now you already know one of 49. If you are willing to be one of 50, then we need you. I think we can do this. I believe God is moving. I believe that 2019, we will see this one of our 10-4 goals accomplished. 
And we want to roll into that. And we want to see what God is going to do. Just like that family who adopted that baby. And families I've talked to who have adopted babies. They said, we thought we were full up on love. But when that baby came into our home, it showed us new ways to love. It opened our heart just that much wider. It helped us to do things. That little boy or that little girl helped unite us, helped us. Oh, there were some struggles, yes. But we were able to do this. It was... Beautiful. And I just believe that whoever God calls and brings here, that pastor and their family that we adopt is going to open this church up to new ways of loving, new ways of reaching out, new ways of understanding God's grace and mercy. And I just believe we are called to do this. Will you be one of 50? If you will, you can take out an envelope today and just begin. Or maybe you want to write, I need you to do some type of thing where you communicate with the office to say, I'm going to be one of 50. You can go online right now. You can shoot a text. Uh, my cell phone is somewhere. You can do that. Uh, and you can, uh, I think my cell phone number is right on the front of the bulletin. You can uh, get there. You can go online. You can shoot an email. Just all you have to say is, I will be one of 50. I will be one of 50. Will you? Will you be one of 50? I believe we will see, are you willing? Is that generosity at your core beginning to stir? I believe if you do not have that, God will help you. Ask God to reveal, what have you done? Bring me back to what you have done in my life. I want to be one of 50. And I don't want to do it begrudgingly. I want to do it because it just flows out of the core of who I am. Help me, God, today. Will you be one of 50. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. I thank You for what You have done in my life. I thank You for the ways that You have delivered, the ways that You have saved, the ways that You have transformed and continue to transform me grace to grace deeper and deeper into understanding your love your compassion your mercy I am thankful for this church that has decided that we are going to do these things together we believe that you are the one who has called us to it that I am just a messenger And that together we are going to do this. So God, I pray right now that You would reveal to us, all of us in this room, the work that You have done. Take us into those moments. Help us to remember the joy of deliverance. Help us to remember the joy of knowing that we are Your children. Help us to to go back and to experience Your love and Your mercy once again. And let that stir up in the core of who we are a willing heart, a generous spirit. God, we do pray for whoever that pastoral person will be, that right now they would begin to sense that You are moving, that You would help us to discern who it is that we are to call, who it is that we are to adopt, And as they come, may they open up this church family.
to more love, more grace, more mercy, deeper understanding of how we reach out to others with the love of Christ. We pray in all of this that we would return to You and say thank You for once again doing what we need and helping us to be a part of Your great call. For we ask this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son, our King, who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us, enabling us, and teaching us the ways of generosity. Amen.